0: I walked in the front door, I mean the back door. <laughs> I tried to sneak in, uh, but Sonia, it's so great to see you and your d- dear daughter. Uh, uh, and my heart goes out to the Johnson family. I just couldn't help but think about them all week and pray for them and terror terrible, things that they've been going through, one thing after the other, it's uh, almost hard to put into words. But you know what? As uh, different folks were speaking, I was thinking about the Lord's goodness, and this came to me, and it said, as sure as the sun rises up every single morning on its designated time, and as sure as the moon goes down at its designated time, it never, never misses a beat. And that's our God. He never, never misses a beat. He's there on time, he's overseeing the situation, and he's got everything under control. And so I, I stand before you really so humble that when I received this notice from Pastor Steve, if I would be glad, if I would mind uh, saying a few words, and you know me, it's hard for me to just say things in a few words, <laughs> but anyhow, I, uh, I received the notice, and, um, and then I said to myself, what am I doing? Have you ever been in that spot where you called on something to do on the spur of the moment and you go the skelter, you don't know whether to go hither or yon. And, uh, and that proves one thing, it's not what you can do. It's what God can do. And so after I received it, uh, the request from Steve, if I would be uh, willing to participate in the service, how can you say no to Pastor Steve? You just can't, I mean just, he walks the walk, he talks the talk, He's everything, and then uh, it's just, I, 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 I just didn't know what to do. I said, okay, Lord, uh, if this is what you want, I'd be glad to do it with honor and love for the Lord. One of the things that impressed me when Sister Ileana was referring to the book of Romans, which is one of my favorite books, it's... The scripture that's found in chapter 8, and I'm sure you all know this, and it's in chapter 8, verse 37, and it says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him, him, singularly, there's only one person, and it's him. Him through him, conquers through him who loved us. For I am convinced, that's the apostle Paul, isn't it wonderful, he is certain that neither death nor life, neither uh, death or life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in our Lord Jesus Christ, making a further reference to John 3.16. What a powerful thing and a promise for us. So when I got this call from Pastor Steve, I... um, I immediately started the searching for 89 years of uh, things to say about, and I'm not going to speak for 89 years. <laughs> so I do have to say one thing when I got the call, that, uh, and I told my son, Paul, I said, my gas tank was on capital E, capital M, capital P, capital T, capital y empty, and you know when you 're running low on that thing in your car and you 're looking for gas well that 's how I felt, not that I was completely empty in the sight of God, so I started with that, uh, uh, that that thought of mine let me let me try to somehow receive something from God, and you know what. When you are trying to serve the Lord, like each and every one of you had uh, made reference to, in the midst of that, Satan will always go around like a roaring lion. He, pro- he throws these things in front of you for what? So that he would cause you to doubt. And doubt is one of his uh, big tools. And so it was like quicksand, and desperation was settling in. Really, I felt alone at that point, like a fish without fish out of water and no place to swim. Have you ever felt like that? But you know, the more earnestly I sought the Lord, the light started to shine. Did you ever feel all alone looking to tie a rope? Of your ship to the dock where you would tie it, where you would find security. So the fo- the ma- the voice of the master says, you need to set out to sea, and turn your sails into the wind of the Holy Spirit. And when you put your sails up, and you let the Holy Spirit do the guiding, then you can start seeing the movement. And he says, just do it. Just trust in me. Let go of self. And Jesus whispers, like in the book of Matthew eleven twenty-eight. he says, come to me. Come to me. Can you hear him sometimes? He whispers sweet and low, come to me. Then that's when a scripture verse came to mind. It was whispering, and the Holy Spirit said through Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, Be confident, be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, meaning when he returns to bring us back with him. He will bring you across the finish line. He did it for the Israelites out of Egypt. He'll do it for you. And as I thought of the Johnson family and their strife and emotional difficulties they were experiencing, God was working, believe it or not, his plans through not an earthly process, but through a heavenly process, and that it was taking place in their lives, even though they may have felt so alone. But our God was and is with them in this hour of need. Loneliness is an awful thing to go through. I remember, and I could say this a little easier because it happened to me. Years ago, I received in 1966 an opportunity for a promotion with my company. So that meant a move for my entire family, my wife, my daughter, my son, Paul. And so we packed everything up and we moved to Ohio. Things were going great. It was us four and no more. We didn't know anyone in Ohio. The only thing I knew about Ohio, they called it the Buckeye State. (laughs) And so uh, we were all alone there. And so the first thing we did, we put our roots down. We moved into a brand-new home. And the first thing we did was start looking for a church. We started looking for a church in the Cleveland area. And sure enough, we found one. And the best thing to do is when you found the church where the Spirit of God speaks to you. I was sitting in the back seat where Howard was in this church. After we went through around three, four churches. And I'm sitting there not knowing anybody in that church. My family was with me. And all of a sudden, I felt this on my shoulder, just like this. So audible. I'm telling you, I can't express it. The feeling, and I, it's so much so that I turned around, and nobody touched me. But it was the Holy Spirit that touched me, and it confirmed to me. And I shared it with my wife. That this is the church that we needed to attend. And we started attending that church, and we made such wonderful friends. Even to this day, it brings back beautiful memories. But what happened after that, two years after we were in Ohio settling down, everything was going great. One Friday morning, um, yeah, Friday morning, I came home from a business trip. I think it was in Minneapolis. And um, <clears throat> I came into the office, unbeknownst to me, one of my coworkers comes to me. And this is a gentleman that, believe it or not, we did not get along. You ever have that? It's like oil and vinegar. So, anyhow, he came up to me and said, Tony, why don't you and I go out to lunch? This guy, what's the matter with him? So he invited me out to lunch, and we went out to eat. And so we're sitting there eating lunch, and uh, he looks at me, and he says, Tony, I got some news for you. The last thing from my mind. He said, w- word came down from the corporate office. We're closing down the operation. And I said, what? Am I hearing right? And he said, yep, we're shutting it down. And it was at this point, after two years of wonderful things going on, that I sensed my ship was starting to rock and sink. And God was putting our ship, my family Out to sea. I'm an ex-Navy man. And I know what it is like to go through terrible storms. I know when the front of the ship goes under the water and you wonder if it's going to come back up. And that's what was happening inside of me. So, but anyhow, I said, Lord, these waves are too big. My boat is getting tossed around. I felt all alone, away from back home, wondering how I was going to support my family, my children, food, mortgage payments for a brand-new house. My world was crushing in all around me. So then I started to seek in all earnest need, And when I wrote this down, the thought came to me, should we wait until the waves get so big that we have to call on God in our distress? Well, sometimes we do get into that place. So at that point, I started seeking God. And all the while, he was making a way that I couldn't see. The sea was so turbulent And out of a clear blue sky, God started to open doors, one after the other. It's an awful feeling when you're trying to do it on your own. As Eliana said this morning, you can't do it on your own. Nothing happens. There's so much more to say. But I saw God work while I was in the musty cave of life. No light. Nowhere to turn. And if you turn into your Bibles, the first book of Samuel, the 22nd chapter, the first and second verse, David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, They went down to him there, and those those who were in distress, or in debt, or discontented, they gathered around him, and he became their leader. About 400 men in all were with him. He, David, found the cave of Adullam out of necessity, As nasty as a cave can be, musty, smelly, damp, rats, water leaking all around, no light. Then others of his family heard how well he was doing in spite of his condition, and they now wanted to come down to the cave and be with him. So that they may enjoy some of the blessings, because they knew God was watching over him, and I could say this to you with full confidence. We need to gather around our pastor, because he's in the cave right now. We need to gather around Sonia and her family, because the cave. Can be a terrible place to be in, so remember the Word of God is so important, such as it states in the book of Joshua, the first chapter, and I'm sure all of you are acquainted with it. Do not let chapter eight uh, first uh, chapter one verses eight and nine. do not let this book of law. Depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may, be, you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Heaven, I commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified by the caves. Do not be terrified by the storms. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you, the Bible says, where he, somewhere or another place. No, it says, God will be with you wherever you go. So if I go to the left, he is with me. If I go to the right, He's is with me. If I go up to the skies of heaven above, he is with me no matter where I go, physically, mentally, spiritually, no matter what happens. The burdens of life may be so hard, but we know for sure that God never leaves nor he never forsakes and he gives us the strength that we need. God will not never leave you stranded on some deserted island where all there is is water around, no running water, no food, work, stores, friends, emptiness everywhere. It might happen in the human sense, but in the spiritual sense, because of the cross of Calvary, he is never going to let you be alone. Amen? Praise God. You'll have to excuse me. I'm trying to... I got something to tell you about this here whole business. So we admonished, we are admonished in Deuteronomy 8.2 to go along with this loneliness business. I know it's kind of heavy, but we need to be reminded sometimes. Deuteronomy 8.2, if you want to turn to it, it says... Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert for 40 years to humble you and to test you and needed to know what is in your heart. Whether or not you would keep his commands, so this is what God presents to us. You want to show yourself to be a follower of Christ? Just remember, remember, don't go back to Egypt. You might have had the good things down in Egypt, but that's not where the Lord was. He wanted you to take he wanted to take you out of Egypt so that you would remember in your difficulties in the wilderness experiences in the caves. He was there. He never, never let you go. So let's remember, don't forget the great things he has done. The Lord your God led you all the way in the desert wilderness. We can find ourselves in trying times as we are stuck in the jungle somewhere. And there's nobody to lead you, but God is always there. So let's remember where you were. Do not go back to Egypt you know what Egypt represents, don't you? Scripturally, it's where there was sin to such a degree, where there was idol worship, where there were all kinds of things that were just detestable to God. That's why he delivered us from the land of Egypt. Not that Egyptian people are bad, but it's significant that these things happen because God has a plan. So let's remember where we were. Do not go back to Egypt. It isn't worth it. The lasting value isn't there. And you thought I'd never get there. I'm supposed to give you a testimony now. <laughs> but anyhow, I had a couple of things happen to me. This, In the midst of all this that transpired, between what has happened to the Johnson family. And I keep reiterating it because they need support. Spiritually, physically, financially, they need these things. So as, we, as I thought about these things, and I said, I can't put anything together, but God started weaving the invisible weave And this is what transpired. The Lord allowed me the opportunity this week to share a testimony, to share the gospel with my physical therapist because of my fractured elbow. And in order to have a healing process take effect, I had to adhere to the suggested exercises that would strengthen my elbow he gave me suggestions such as use ice compressors, ice, cold, use heat compressors. And the analogy here is we have to go sometimes through the cold. We have to go through the heat. But yet, he is our blanket in the cold. And he is our shade in the heat. Amen? So... It's, it's those things that help us in our healing process. So he gave me several demonstrations, and then I mentioned to him, after he was kind of through with me, I said, I would like to give you something. If you will take it. It's a Bible. And he said, sure. He would love it. I proceeded to explain to him, how healing of the inner person takes place through reading scripture. Then I said, the word becomes a real force in your life. Healing of your spiritual bones will become alive. All right, Your bone may break, but if you do the right exercises, there's healing in it. So, you know, the man said to me, he said, that is absolutely beautiful. I loved it. And as I was leaving, he said to me, you know, Tony, I have a cross tattooed on my arm. So I said to him, so you are a Christ follower? To which he replied, yes, I am. And uh, he said it with such deep feeling. And then he turns around and says to me, this cracks me up. He says, Tony, thanks for coming in today. <laughs> he was thanking me for coming in to see him while the Lord was performing spiritual surgery in his heart. <laughs> and I went back Friday. That was on a Thursday. Friday, I went back to visit Rob for the second treatment. he said to me, those were profound words that you mentioned to me. So I said to him, try finding a place well, you can take your newborn child to church with you, and you can create a lasting legacy for her. Before I left, I asked him if it was okay, Was if it would be okay if I prayed with him. And here we are, right in the midst of the... Uh, physical therapy uh, cubicle. I said to him, okay, so we did pray. And I prayed with him. He said yes. So today we ended our second PT session with prayer. That not being enough, how the Lord works when we're surrendered to him. I was in my house. It was Saturday morning, front door comes a knock, and it was my next-door neighbor. Uh, I have been witnessing him for quite a few years. We go to coffee together. We eat. We have uh, always the conversation is about God. So one day, he, uh, Tom asked me, would you mind, Tony, praying for my grandson, Danny, who needs a job, he's graduating from college, and uh, pray for my granddaughter, uh, Kylie, who's in England, and she wants to go to a a college of her choice. I said, sure, I'd be glad to pray for them. So I was praying for them and praying for them. So when he knocked on my door, he came in, and he swaggers into the house. I said, come on in, Tom. And he goes, hi, Tony, how's it going? I said, wonderful. What in the world is he doing? It's not the same, you know. So he says, well, I want to thank you for two things. I want to thank you for praying for Danny. He just got a job with W.C. Mason or something like that, that big, big stationary company. He got the job he was looking for. And then his granddaughter, Kylie, he said to me, in England, got to go to college of a choice. So we both said like this, Praise the Lord. (laughs) And here he is, you know, seeing God work through prayer. Not anything that I could do, but all the glory belongs to him. So, at that point, we were both elated. And if you have any prayers, finally listen. Oh, I have to tell you this. Now, I have these notes here in front of me. Now, I cannot bring it up in the computer and try to type a letter. So I asked my son, I said, Paul, can you come to my rescue, type some notes for me? He was tied up. I have to put a, the onus on you. <laughs> so he said, Dad, you caught me on the bad spot. I said, what am I going to do? Lord, you've got to help me out. And so I was looking for some. I called up Beth. I said, Beth, I get no call back. So so I said to myself, now I'm really in this. I, I went from the soup to the frying pan. So, so then I said, Lord, I said, so I thought of my neighbor next door. She couldn't help me out because she didn't know anything about computers. So then I, I thought of this young lady who I, I witnessed to on several occasions and gave her a Bible and I called her up. He said, oh no, what happened? I was taking a walk, and her father was coming in front of my car. I stopped the car, almost cracked up, and I had the window come down. He said, I said, Rich, God sent you right now, just now. He goes, what are you talking about? I said, do you think Allie, his daughter's name is Allie, and they got the cutest little puppy. He reminds me of Toto in The Wizard of Oz. And... They're just a cute family. And so what happened, I told them what the situation is. I'm going to have to make a presentation or give a little talk to my church Sunday. Do you think Allie could type something? He says, of course. Just come on over. Bring it over. She would do it right away. So sure enough, I went over. I brought my notes. And Allie, she was like a whiz. She typed everything up. And uh, so she, she just put it all together for me. So I'm saying all this to show you that in, in your most dire needs, you know, this wasn't earth-shattering. I could have written it, but I couldn't read my own handwriting. <laughs> so in your dire needs, your point of desperation, whatever it might be, trust in God. Trust in him because he is there. And so all I can say is to you today is this, as far as encouraging you, is that if you find yourself in a place or have been in a place, remember how it was. And thank God for that experience. And then if you find yourself in a place where you feel you're in a cave, Just don't get disheartened. He is in the cave. Remember, the sun comes up at a designated time, and the moon goes down at a designated time. At the sound of his voice, the universe reacts to God. At the sound of his voice, healing takes place. At the sound of his voice, people receive their jobs. At the sound of his voice, families are brought together. It's not impossible. There is nothing impossible to God. I think of the people that are in the Ukraine, people that are escaping terrible situations. At the sound, at the sound of his voice, sometimes he whispers, sometimes he comes like an earthquake, but he comes at a designated time. What is your time today? Are you waiting for his visitation? So with these words, I submit to you that I I just am so honored to be here and thank you so much for the blessings that you have been to me over the times that I've come to the church. So God bless you, church. And if there's any needs that you need, I know Beth is going to come and make the benediction. Um, Just if you need to have somebody to pray with you, come on up front. We've done this in the past. And I know pastor always encourages that. So just come. Seek a prayer partner if you'd like. And seek the confidence of a fellow believer, hug them and thank them for what they mean to you. So thank you again for listening to me, and God bless you, and keep pressing on. Amen? God be with you.